Welcome back to the Dynasty FFT Podcast, where we give you our thoughts on how to win and dominate your Dynasty Leagues. Please check us out on our other streaming platforms, which are YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, all at Dynasty FFT. Also check us out on our social media accounts, which are Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty FFT as well. So we're just going to jump right into it. So actually, Nick made a trade just yesterday. Um, so we'll just start with him. We'll have him reference the trade, and then we'll give uh, you guys our thoughts on that. So, Nick, you want to take it away? Yes. I, the, the trade that I just made um, is I'm giving away Derrick Henry, and in return I'm getting Travis Etienne, the 106, and then the 210. And let's just let's hear your thoughts about the trade. Thumbs up. Uh, okay. So at first, when I saw the trade, I was very uh, indifferent as to who I thought won. Because uh, I have Derrick Henry at RB10 and Travis Etienne at RB23. So it's a pretty significant gap. But the more I'm thinking about it, I think Nick did end up winning this trade because I think 106 and 210 kind of they more than make up for that gap in value between Henry and Etienne, in my opinion. Uh, you need to keep in mind that we're super flex league and also an IDP league. So these picks are more valuable than like a standard one QB offense only like league. So 106 can land some pretty good prospects and 210. I mean, the last two rookie drafts, 210 drafted, landed uh, Brandon Ayuk and Kadarius Tony. So 210 still has decent value too. I do think Nick ended up winning this trade. I'm a little confused why Nate did it. Like, I understand he's getting Derrick Henry, but that doesn't really fit his timeline at all. Nate's a rebuilding team. You would imagine, like, I would imagine that this this trade would have been flip-flopped. So that's a little confusing, but I think, like, from a value standpoint, I think Nick ended up on top of this one. Um, I mean, I completely agree with Hamza. I have I think that the value matches up for Nick. I think that the ETN side of it is a lot better than the Derrick Henry side. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see ETN in that new offense with whoever the new coach is um, and hopefully Trevor Lawrence as a more like hopefully he progresses going into his sophomore season. Um, but yeah, I was just confused on why um, I mean, I see why Nick did it because obviously he was getting good value, but um, Nate, the other guy who did the trade, he's a rebuilding team and he got rid of Etienne and got rid of a first rounder and a second rounder to get Derrick Henry, who's like a little older. I just, I mean, doesn't make sense to me, but if he thinks that Derrick Henry is more valuable than all that stuff, then I mean, go for it. So we all know Derrick Henry, King Henry, so he can clearly do some damage, but I mean, yeah, I just, I didn't see it, but I mean... I, yeah, so I think ETN in the first and the second are uh, the much better value part of that trade. I did it because I think I was getting a lot of value for it. Um, my opinion really did not make sense for Nate to do that trade at all. I was kind of confused when he offered it to me. Um, I added in that second round. He wanted to do 106 and Henry just straight up, or 106 and ETN for Henry straight up, but I thought that was just a little bit undervalued. Um, I have Travis Etienne at RB20 in my rankings, and 
with James Robinson and his Achilles being out next year, James Robinson was like a small sample size of basically what running backs could do in the Jaguars offense. They can be productive with like their bad offensive line and their mediocre wide receivers. It shows that the running back position still has value for the Jaguars and ETN is going to be the only one there. And I came to an interesting statistic um, when they were comparing Travis ETN to other draft class with his 4-5 speed, his catching ability, um, which compares him to like Najee Harris, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, uh, Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Zeke in the last couple drafts. So with him being related to such good company uh, is why I'm just a little bit higher than higher on him than most people. I think he could be the same exact value as Cam Akers, but although Cam Akers is in a better situation as of now. I think some people might look at Henry and think that you lost this trade, Nick, but I know all three of us are in agreement, but just play devil's advocate. um, I could see why someone would want Henry. Um, I do think people are a little, people do get a little caught up on chasing who's producing now. And obviously Henry, like, I know he got, he just got hurt, but like we've seen what he's able, what he's capable of doing right now. And some people might also say, oh, Travis Etienne's some unknown. Like we don't know what he'll be, but it's like, you're going to miss out on all the good rookies, all the good people who break out if you wait until they do something before you value them accordingly. Like you need to be valuing people based on what you think they're going to do, what you like, what your projection is for them. So based on our projections for ETN and Henry, um, I think it's safe to say that you came out on top just from a pure value standpoint right now. Things could obviously change. I mean, Derrick Henry, if he continues to just break the laws of like what a running back's supposed to do, how like old a running back's supposed to play at this high of a level, then, I mean, Nate could have easily won this trade. But right now, I think I would, I would definitely side with Nick. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, there, there are a couple of variables that we still need to see, like who Jacksonville hires as their head coach, um, how they utilize ETN. I mean, keep in mind, Urban Meyer is the one that brought in ETN. So they could very well sign a coach who is not 100% on board with ETN being like the sole workhorse guy there. Um, but... Yeah, those are my thoughts on the trade. Do you guys have anything else? Um, I mean, yeah, I did just want to throw in a quick thing about Derrick Henry. He only played eight games this year, and he still finished 11th in carries. So just wanted to throw that out there to show how much of a workload he does get. But, yeah, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. What I was also going to say about that is, like, the work is what concerns me now. He's had so much volume on his career with fewer injury as 
and as he gets older, I think he's just going to get more and more injuries. Like this one, he had to get surgery on. Obviously, not all of them he's going to get surgery on, but I think he might get riddled with injuries with how much usage he gets. And I'm not really concerned with the usage of Travis Etienne because they took him in the first round. And if you take a running back in the first round, you should use him. I don't, I don't think there should be any problem with usage of Travis Etienne on the Jags, even with that new coach. For people who might have a hard time visualizing what the trade is just from the draft picks, do we want to put like some sort of I know you don't know who you're going to take yet, Nick. There's still a lot of stuff that has to happen. But, like, a general range as to, like, the type of prospect that might be available at 106 and the type of prospect that might be available at 210. Well, right now, 210, I think that's kind of up in the air because other some people might slide and some people won't. It really depends on how other people rank them. But with 106, that's a lot clearer. Um, Alec Burks is somebody that a lot of people are really high on. Huh? Oh, Trevane Burks. That's okay. Trevane Burks. Um, Trayon. That's okay. Um, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker. I know a lot of people really like Brees Hall at Dell. Garrett Wilson, he's really high. I know a lot of people really like Drake London in this draft, too. Uh, I think one of those guys I would be really happy with at 106. I think there's plenty of talent to go around that a lot of people, like, want to get, like, the 101. But, like, you don't need to go get the 101. The 101, you're going to spend so much value for it, and it's – most of the time, the player is not even worth what value gave up for that. Um, I would more target the middle of the first round, if anything, maybe 104 max if you're trading up. But the, those value in players, I would just recommend for everyone else. Um, and just for the listeners out there, I did look up what the projections on like all the mock drafts are doing. Um, so Dynasty Nerds, which is a very, if you guys don't know them, go look them up. They're great. Um, but they have their mock draft going. And the 106 is actually Traylon Burks right now um, in the Superflex mock draft. So just wanted to throw that out there. Do you know who 210 was? Um. 210, give me a moment if you guys want to talk real quick. Um, but, okay, even just Traylon Burks and Travis Etienne, along with whoever was 210, I mean, to me, that seems like very good value for Henry. I, it really depends on where the quarterbacks go in this draft because quarterbacks could either go super high because somebody values them really high, or they could just completely slide and it couldn't go in a skill position run, which I think more and more people are valuing running backs higher in our drafts, at least. I don't know about anyone else's, but I think, what, Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the Brace Hall. Brace Hall, they're all going to go super high. 
Um, what's the guy out of Notre Dame? I like him too. Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams. And then there's Brian Robinson out of Alabama too. So there's a lot of good running backs in this draft. Uh, I think that. What? I think ahead, we could. Also. I think we could see people um, rise too, depending on landing spot. I mean, we saw it this year with Trey Sermon and Michael Carter. Uh, it happens. It's something that typically happens. Uh, just seeing someone who might not have been touted as like this super high prospect, but then they get decent capital with landing spot that doesn't have like a workhorse there and people fall in love with running backs there and we can see them jump the board which allows other people to fall to a pick like 210 i think that's why brandon Ayuk was able to get drafted at 210 in 2020 and Kadarius tony was able to get drafted at 210 last year it was because people were high on running backs and i think it's that's just something that happens every year we're going to see it again this year um, so that I think two ten is actually more valuable than people think. Wasn't wasn't Higgins T Higgins drafted at like two ten too? He was at three hundred one. Three hundred one. It was after two ten. Yeah. Yeah. Two ten. I drafted um, Brandon Ayuk. So that's crazy. It just shows you you could really be anywhere in the second round, and you could still get a hit. Yeah, um, I did look up the 210, um, the 210 range, because I know that there's a lot more picks between 210, so it can kind of be all over the place. But 210 is George Pickens. Um, but some people around that, 211 is John Mechie, because this is a 12 team, so I'll go up so to 208. 208 yeah. yeah, so I'll go up to 208. But um, 209 is Trey McBride, and then 208 is Justin Ross, 207 is Rashad White, and then 206 is Rondell Robinson. So it can kind of be anywhere in that range. Um, just people can kind of like over, like overdraft in a sense of um, this. But yeah, 208 is right where the 210 would be, and that's Justin Ross. So if we're going based on this um, mock draft, it would be Traylon Burks and Justin Ross would be who you would be getting in that trade. And I'm, I'm I really like that side of the trade. So I agree. Uh, even. Even I like Justin Ross, even though he never, like, took that next step. He was injury, like, riddled in college, per se. When he had Trevor Lawrence passing to him, he had, like, a wide range of catching ability, per se. So I think he could really show that in the next level. Uh, Not to go too far into rookie analysis, but I kind of like uh, Justin Ross as – a sleeper pick, per se. That's an early sleeper that I'm going to throw out there. Well, they'll have to come back and check out your Justin Ross uh, rookie tape or, or rookie profile. So a little sneak peek for you. But we'll go ahead and move on. Um, our next topic that we're going to talk about is actually Gabriel Davis um, and the insane, insane day that he had um, the other day against the Chiefs. But which was a cracking game. But go ahead, Nick. I know you're an owner, uh, Gabriel Davis. Do you want to start and just reference him a little bit? Yeah, I I actually picked him up right before the waivers closed for $0 on FAAB. And uh, that's probably the best game that I'll probably have, in my opinion. I, 
I can't see him really producing that again with them having Diggs and the sure number one receiver. Diggs only got like seven yards that game on like three catches, I'm pretty sure. So that was one heck of a revenge game from him. Of <laughs> They kept on posting the Diggs pitcher where he's staring at the Chiefs last year and the same exact thing. But we'll, we'll go away from that. Um, back to Gabriel Davis. I think he's a solid wide wide receiver, too, for the Bills. Uh, I don't know how much more he's going to be fantasy relevant, per se. Uh, he's got Josh Allen passing to him, which is a plus. He's, he's on the Bills offense, which is a plus. Um, I have him currently as my wide receiver 46 and I just I don't know I think people are kind of overreacting to his game as as they should be because 200 yards and four touchdowns is insane for a wide receiver Hamza uh, what do you have to say about him um I think I'm a little lower on Gabriel Davis than you Nick and I think you too, Jason. I have him at wide receiver 54. Uh, I'm happy to see people are hyped about him because he is someone that when he was on our waiver wire, he was someone I was eyeing, uh, thinking about picking up. I never ended up pulling the trigger on him, though. Uh, I agree. This is going to be the best game that he'll ever have. I think it's, it's unrealistic to expect anything near this kind of production. He's not going to be this reliable receiver next year. I don't see it. I don't see that being the case. I anticipate Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley leaving in free agency. So I'm hoping for his sake that he is the wide receiver two on the Bills next year. I think he showed enough in the game on Sunday to warrant that. And I think he's pro he's promising as a receiving as a receiver prospect, but I don't want people to go crazy on the hype for him because right on keep trade cut, he's wide receiver 34. And that is way too high for where he should be ranked, I think. Um, what do you think, Jason? Um, I mean, yeah, you kind of referenced it. He he had four touchdowns um, and the, what was it, 260 yards or something. But no player in NFL history has ever had four touchdowns in a playoff game, like not even Jerry Rice or anything. So he's never going to do that again, um, as Humza kind of touched on. But yeah, his only way of being fantasy relevant is if Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders leave and they do give him that number two job. Um, he's a very good deep threat, but in my eyes, it's just he's kind of only got the deep threat in my eyes. Um, and especially with Diggs there, this is like the first game that we've ever seen Diggs like completely shut down like that. Um, Diggs is normally the guy that takes away all those targets and everything, but I have him at uh, wide receiver 49, so it's kind of right in the middle of the two. Um, but, yes, I do think he's a top 50 receiver. I think that he is one of the better wide receiver twos in the league. Um, but I do – yeah, I do – I I think he should be owned, um, but I don't think that he should ever be valued as wide receiver 34. Uh, I think that Humza said that's way too high. And I think people need a little reality check. I know it's recency bias, um, which is going to happen all the time. Um, so if you can ship Gabriel Davis for like a second, I would do that in a heartbeat. 
um, and stuff like that. So I would try to use that to your advantage if you have Gabriel Davis. But yeah, I Gabriel Davis, I think, has a future, a bright young future. So I think you should use that to your advantage if you have him. That's that's what me and Humza were talking about. We're that's right on par where me and Humza were valuing him. We would say if if we were gonna be able to get a second, then we would for sure take that. I think somebody in our league would offer a second for him, considering what he just did. And I should pass that around the league and see if I can get somebody to take that. Um he really reminds me of like a Mike Williams kind of guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna be a thousand yard guy, obviously. But the way he plays and his deep threat ability, he's more like a Mike Williams junior, in my opinion. Um, he really just high points every catch. He can catch over people and he's more that deep threat guy. Yeah, I did want to say I think he'd be a very good asset to have in a best ball league but in our league specifically I just don't think that he'll ever be I don't think anyone's ever going to start him so in those weeks that he does like go off and has like a hundred and a touchdown um and would normally start in a best ball league it's, he, he, nobody starts him in our leagues um especially on Nick's team Nick's not going to start him over any of his receivers because he, he has digs and he, he's got like DJ Moore and everything he's not going to start him over those guys so um but yeah I do think that in a best ball league, he'd be much, much better. I agree. What should we move on to CD Lamb? <laughs> okay, so I'll start off on CD Lamb since I own him in our league. And this past week has I've been high key getting like annoyed at the CD Lamb slander. It's like a it's a meme on Reddit to joke around about like how CD Lamb is bad now because he had that he had a poor uh, playoff performance. Uh, he went through a slump in the last month of the season, but people are just completely discrediting what we've seen from him. He passes the eye test. When I watch Dallas, in my opinion, he's the guy that pops off the screen the most. And he's, I mean, he's, he's wide receiver three in my rankings behind Jefferson and Chase. And I think he's a firm wide receiver three. I feel very confident having him there. I mean, he's el- he's elite after the after the catch. We saw it at Oklahoma. It was like his highlight tape at Oklahoma was absolutely insane. Some of the stuff that he did after the catch. And he's so talented, and I think people should really buy the dip because he's wide rec- he's valued at wide receiver seven right now on keep trade cut. He's behind Debo Samuel. He's behind Cooper Cup, and then I it might sound crazy because Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel both were, they're wide receiver one and two on the year. But if I had either of those guys, I'll swap them straight up for C.D. Lamb in a, in a heartbeat. And I know people might think that's crazy again because those guys are the guys that were producing and C.D. Lamb didn't produce anywhere near that kind of level. But we're, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to project what these guys are going to do. And C.D. Lamb is just a screaming, he's, he's got a, he's a screaming vibe right now. He's got, a, he's going to break out soon. It's a matter of when, not if. He just he's so talented on the field. He's he's one of the better receivers in the league already. And he's only played, he's like what he's 23 years old. So people need people need to buy CD Lamb. I don't know why he's getting this kind of slander. Uh I have him as wide receiver three as well. I 
it kind of makes me mad when I see all this slander too, because every wide receiver is going to go through slumps. I'm not sure why CD lambs in the center of all this attention. There's been many wide receivers this year who have gone through a month worth of slumps and they've never received any slander like that. So I don't get it. Um, and yeah, if the uh, team owner that has CD lamb is one of those people that are bashing him, go get him, get him off the team. Like, get him onto your team because CeeDee Lamb coming out of college, I had him as wide receiver two behind Jerry Judy, but CeeDee Lamb has by far exceeded my expectations for him in the NFL. And especially with Dak Prescott, like in that offense, it's, he, he's that, uh, he's the best wide receiver in that offense. And people need to stop looking at his four game stretch where he didn't do stuff. Um, he was still productive. He just wasn't fantasy like, he wasn't a big fantasy, um, like, asset, I guess, in those four games. Um, but, yeah, I would I would go get C.D. Lamb if you can. If the owner is discounting his price because of that, I would go get it because C.D. Lamb's not going away anytime soon. He's going to stay, and he's going to produce every single, uh, every single year. So I'd go get him. You know, I would have C.D. Lamb ranked as wide receiver three, but – kind of Devonte Adams exists and same with uh Tyreek Hill they kind of both exist and I think they're just obviously CD Lamb's good he's young um he's producing at a really high level for his age I I just think I would rather in this situation I would rather have a Tyreek Hill or um a Devonte Adams but he's still my wide receiver five and being that high at a super young age, he will break out. If he 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards already, and, like, he really is getting a majority of the targets from Dak Prescott already at 21. At 21, that's insane. Or 22, whatever his age is. It's around that range. I... Just, you got to go get him. I know you might pay more than you want to, but I think it'll be worth it in the long run. Even if they're slandering him right now. Slandering him? Go go get him. Go get him. I enjoy the slander. The slander is pretty funny, to be honest. Um, but go get him. Uh, the slander is just all a joke. I know it can get to you like Hamza, but... It, it really just doesn't matter to me. He's uh, one hell of a player, and I would definitely have him on my team. I think uh, it's also important to note that he – I know Dak was pretty healthy this year, but last year he was playing with Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. Like, who? So, he, like, I saw a stat saying around 40% of his snaps have been with a QB. That's not Dak. And that's a pretty hefty amount. And he's still shown that, like, he's more than a capable receiver. He's going to be a star receiver in this league soon. And he, Nick said he got 1,100 receiving yards. And that's including that four-game stretch where people were really down on him. And he also missed a game against the Raiders. So I know that he's been inconsistent this year at times, putting numbers on the board. But he just pops off the screen when he plays. And people i know it's important at the end of the day we're trying to project 
what kind of stats these guys are going to put up. So production does matter. But when projecting how a player is going to perform in the future, the eye test matters too. You need to see that you need to recognize a talent on the field in order to like project what's going to happen. And CD Lamb just has all the talent in the world. He's in an amazing situation in Dallas. Amari Cooper has an out on his contract. What happens if Amari Cooper leaves? CD Lamb's going to go nuts in that offense. It's going to be absolutely insane. And people, some people anticipate Amari Cooper to have that, to Amari Cooper to get cut and them relieved because it would save a lot of cap space if they did that. And they're really short on cap space right now. So CD Lamb is a screaming buy. And I, I, yeah, that's all I have to say on him. You mentioned the uh, thing about Amari Cooper. Uh, Michael Gallup, his contract's also up right now. And then same with uh, Blake Jarwin. Uh, their contracts Wilson. are also up as well. So, What'd you say, I'm sorry? Yeah, Cedric Wilson, too. I know there's some games Cedric Wilson had. Uh, he, like, sniped, um, like, touchdowns and stuff. But, I, yeah, he's up, too. I don't think that's too big of a factor, though. I don't think Cedric Wilson's really that much competition for C.D. Lamb. They're just two different stratospheres in terms of talent. I'm just say. If you were going to value C.D. Lamb to something, what would you value him at? So thinking about this upcoming draft class, thinking about who would probably go 101 would be like somewhere around like, like let's just sit slot in like a Brees Hall or like Matt Corral or Traylon Burks at 101. I would need significantly more than that to move C.D. Lamb. I would probably need... I would probably need like more than two early firsts for CD Lamb. Probably like two early firsts and a late first for him, which is people aren't gonna. Tr- no, I know no one's offering that for CD Lamb, but and I'm not telling people to offer them that for CD Lamb. But if he's being valued at wide receiver seven, is if he's being valued the same as like Jalen Waddle, that's not even close. I know Jalen Waddle like broke the receiving record for or the rookie record for receptions this year. But uh, the the way they they both project from here on out, C.D. Lamb being a year younger than Waddle, and also just in my opinion being in the better situation, he's tied to Dak Prescott. People, have been, I know Dak had some slumps during the year, but people are acting like Dak isn't this elite quarterback who's under contract for a long time. So C.D. Lamb's in a really good situation for a really long time, an elite level talent. It's just everything lines up. The breakout will happen. That's not. There's no question if it's going to happen or not. It will happen, and I don't know. It, it's just a little frustrating not seeing him in the same company as Jefferson and Chase. When I think he is in that company, I think he belongs in that that top three with those guys. But I feel like now that's an unpopular opinion. There also could be injuries, and that could riddle his career. But moving on to our next topic, uh, Tyler Huntley. Jason, I know you love him, so why don't you start off talking about Tyler Huntley? I mean, I just – I think he deserves a roster spot for a lot of different leagues. And the main reason – well, one is every Lamar Jackson owner should have him on their roster just because, like, 
Lamar, like if Lamar does go down, like we saw Lamar miss some time this year, Tyler Huntley is still has that rushing upside where he can still put up solid numbers, not Lamar Jackson numbers. Um, I mean, he did have a game where he put up like 30 points, but I mean, he's not going to do that every week. He does have some rushing upside though, that helps him in fantasy. Like he, he'll like, he's better than he puts up better numbers than a lot of quarterbacks in the league because of his rushing. Um, he's no Lamar Jackson, but he does have rushing upside. And I think that he proved in the games that he did start that he should be a starter in the league somewhere. So there are a lot of teams that one need a quarterback like big time um, or two, they have a quarterback, but they're not completely sold on them. Um, like some of the teams that really need a quarterback, we obviously know that um, Denver needs a quarterback. We know that uh, Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Lamar, uh, Tyler Huntley's contract's up, so you can see him going to one of those, but you can also see him signing as a backup to maybe the Washington football team, if they're still that. <laughs> um, they've released their thing in less than a month, so I'm interested to see what that is. But um, maybe he goes there, he starts as a backup, and then he wins that starting job and just runs away with it. Or maybe he goes to Miami, sits behind Tua. If Tua, if the Dolphins just don't like Tua because they've, um, they don't want him or something, and then they start Tyler Huntley, maybe he gets a job there. I mean, M Miami's not the best, um, like the best uh, uh, option, like the best possible scenario. But I do think that Tyler Huntley should be owned. I have missed QB 31. Um, and that's just because I think that he is better than some of the leagues. And if he does go get a starting job in like Pittsburgh or Denver, I'm hundred percent going to move him up my rankings. Um, I, I just think he's a, he's a decent quarterback. If he gets the job to start, then his rushing upside will help him, um, big time. Nick, go ahead. I don't think that Tyler Huntley is a buy whatsoever at all. Um, if he's on your waivers, I would go pick him up. Why not? If you're in a deep league, you never know what will happen. But if he's not on your waivers, I wouldn't trade for him at all. Um, he's my QB 39. I think just – the Ravens offense just works perfectly for him. It's set up literally perfectly for him to succeed because he's the same type of quarterback as Lamar Jackson. And I feel like if he goes to another team, he's not going to have that same setup as Baltimore with this elite tight end as Mark Andrews, which he can just force feed all the way down the field. Um, Sure, he's got his rushing ability, but I just don't think he's good enough in the passing game to be a starter. I think he can be a backup somewhere. But, yeah, if one of the other teams, like Jason said, the Dolphins take a shot on him, Washington, Pittsburgh, maybe the Broncos take a shot on him and draft one. Um, Yeah. That's pretty much all I got to say about Tyler Huntley. Um, I agree with Nick. I do not think this guy deserves a starting job whatsoever. I think that he's gotten his opportunity to showcase what he's capable of this year. And I will admit he's very good as a rushing quarterback. Um, and the, he had five games where he had over 60 or over 86% snap share. 
And in those games, he rushed for 40 yards, 45, 73, 54, and 72. And those are that's very solid for quarterback. That's a very it gives you a decent floor. Um, but he is in he's an incompetent passer, completely incompetent. And those he 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 basically started five games. I mean, he played 86 percent against Cleveland in week 14. But let's let's say five in five games, uh, he had a thousand passing yards. So it's an average of 200 passing yards a game. Uh, in those five games, he threw for three touchdowns combined. He threw for four interceptions, so more picks than touchdowns. Um, he is not impressive to me in terms of fantasy numbers. Um, yeah, he had that game where he had 36 fantasy points, which is very, very impressive. But if you look at the other games where he played more than 86% snap share, he got eight fantasy points, 15, okay, 11, and six. The, he does not deserve a starting job. I have him at QB 38. Uh, I do not anticipate him getting a starting job. That's not something that even remotely crossed my mind until Jason said something about how, like, he hopes he gets a starting job. But he he's he's ass. That's all I can say. He's ass as a passer. He's a good rushing quarterback. Cool. He deserves to be a good backup somewhere. Cool. But, no, I don't think he should be get any. He shouldn't be anywhere near a starting job. He's an injury replacement quarterback. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he is the number one riser on keep trade cut, and he has been for like two weeks now. He's actually valued at quarterback thirty one, just like I have him, um, which is around people. It's above people like Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, stuff like that. Uh, above Matt Ryan, I think is a little absurd, but. Um, I mean, Sam Darnold, it doesn't look like the Panthers want to keep stick with him. And then Taysom Hill, I don't think is going to have the job next year. I think they're going either going to bring back Jameis or figure something out. Um, we saw Sean Payton step away today, so that's all up in the air. We'll figure that out. Um, but then, I mean, I think he's definitely better than Taylor Heineke. So that's why I think Washington would be a very good fit for him. And I disagree with you, Hamza. I think, I mean, his the numbers don't show it, but I watched a lot of Ravens games because I have a lot of Ravens players on my team. Um, I think he's a, he's a decent passer. Um, I think he's able to find different targets and he's able to spread it around the field. Um, and I mean, I, I think he's a very good uh, asset, not, not necessarily asset, but I think he's, if he's on the waiver wire, yes, as Nick said, you need to go pick him up. Um, I mean, we'll see in free agency what happens to his stock. But, like, he may go to somewhere and be a second or third string behind, like, Patrick Mahomes. Like, obviously, then get rid of him. Like, he's not going to start over Mahomes, obviously. And Mahomes hasn't shown that he's going to get injured anytime. Um, so you just kind of are wasting your time if you keep him. But, like, if he does go somewhere, as Nick and I said, with a opportunity to shine, then... I would keep him. I'd hold on to him uh, if you have the roster spot, if you're in one of those deeper leagues. But, I mean, guess just wait and see what happens in free agency. There's a – it works its magic, so. One one final note on that. If you are looking for a rushing quarterback, instead of going the Tyler Huntley route, I would suggest maybe the rookie draft 
and trying to go get Malik Willis. Um, he's kind of the next rushing QB style to come out of the draft this next year. And if you're looking for a different one, I would go suggest to go get Jalen Hurts right now. If you're looking for that style of QB. I think is, I mean, obviously it's like Malik Willis and Jalen Hurts I and mean, their values are going to be so much higher than Tyler Huntley. So it's hard to tell people to just like get those guys. I think, um, I, I don't know. I don't, the fact that Tyler Huntley was valuable, Matt Ryan, like that hurts to even like hear the fact, or, or like even Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's trash, but I would much rather take Sam Darnold than Tyler Huntley in Dynasty. I would rather take, I would rather take Taylor Heineke too. I think Taylor Heineke has shown way more flashes than Tyler Huntley has. Um, I would take Taysom Hill as well. So those guys you listed, Jason, I'll take all, all, all of those guys over Tyler Huntley. He should not be QB 31. QB 31, that's like that should suggest that he should be like a like a bottom tier starter. And that's just not he shouldn't. That's bad. That's really bad. I think he does deserve to be as of right now that bottom bottom tier starter. But I mean, we'll wait to see what happens in free agency. Obviously, I could be talking out of my ass right now he could end up not getting signed anywhere and then he's left in no man's land as he was an undrafted um he was an undrafted free agent signing by the ravens so he didn't even get drafted but um yeah i think that he did show enough but i mean we'll see so if he if he is on your waivers i would go pick him up do what you please listen to Humza, listen to me whatever Obviously, we're we have very different stances on that, and Nick's kind of floating in the middle. Um, he's got some of the same, some of the. He's got some of my opinions and some of Nick's or some of Holmes's opinions in there as well. But do as you please. Um, we're on both very different uh, levels, so I'd love to hear your guys's um, uh, like ideas and opinions on that in the comments as well. So if you guys want to go ahead and drop a comment, let us know if you think he should be a starter, and if so, where. But, I mean, that's all I have to touch on Tyler Huntley. Huntley, do you guys have anything else? Nah, I think I've gotten my point across that he's bad. <laughs> you are just uh, ruthless. Tyler Huntley is a good backup. We're just going to leave that at that. Um, I think we should move into our playoff predictions. I think if you want to read off the I, Before the we do that, before we do that, I think we should talk about Rodgers real quick. I know it's... I know I said not to talk about this, but I do think maybe if we did say um, a quick outlook, I know there's a lot of buzz right now on like what he's going to do the past few seasons. There's been a lot of buzz about like, oh, is he going to stay in Green Bay or is this year he finally leaves? Uh, and I know right now he just started to like retirement rumors just came up and stuff. So just curious about where you guys stand on Rogers, where you guys have him ranked, any predictions for what his outlook looks like, what team he's on. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead and start. I am a big fan of the Pat McAfee show. Um, and Aaron Rodgers shows, like, he come, he goes on that show a lot. He said a lot that he's going to keep playing until, like, he's not a top tier in that league. And he is going to win MVP this year, hopefully, unless something drastic happens. I don't see it happening, though. I think he is the MVP of the league this year. Um and I think that he's going to come back. I just don't think it's going to be with Green Bay. I think that 
when he posted the last dance pictures uh, before the season, I think he was trying to get his point across, like, hey, this is it. Like, I'm done after this year because Green Bay, they've tried to make things better this year and props to them for doing that. And they want him back and they're going to do everything they can. But I think that it's um, far too gone. I think that they waited too long to make things right with him. And I think that he's, I think he's gone. I, I really do think that uh, Pittsburgh is going to be a good option for him. Um, obviously, we all want him to go to Denver to help out with all of those assets over there with Judy and Sutton and Fant and uh, Javante as well. But um, I personally think that the Steelers are the best landing spot for him. And I think that that would help out Najee a lot because right now, have all the attentions on Najee and De uh, Deontay Johnson. I do think that that opens up a lot of space for people like Claypool, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that Pittsburgh Steelers are the best option for um, – I think that that's where he's going to end up going is what I should say. I think Rodgers has got a total of four destinations. Um, first – I'm going to say the Broncos because they got a really nice young core where Rodgers can pass the ball to Sutton, could easily be a 1,000-yard wide receiver if he had a QB passing to him. I think Judy can be a 1,000-yard receiver. They have a competent tight end and Noah Fant. And Tim Patrick as a third wide receiver is very competent too. Um, the one issue is their offensive line to me their pass protection for Rodgers because Rodgers has had really good lines in Green Bay. Uh, but from his Hall of Fame experience, I think he'll be fine considering he just won MVP pretty much in the league. He should, at least. The next destination is Pittsburgh, like Jason said. I really like Deontay Johnson, and I like Claypool. I think he can really bring those guys to the next level in their game because they'll actually have a quarterback passing to them instead of Big Ben, who's 40, still trying to sling it and didn't really have any juice in his arm this year. Uh, they have a really good defense. They base, The Steelers basically relied on their defense, and their defense carried them, and Najee carried them to the playoffs. Think about what adding Rodgers to that team could bring it to the next level. And I know Mike Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers are mutual towards each other, which they both really like each other. And they have had contacts before. And I would say the third location is the Raiders. Because um, the Raiders have enough cap where they could sign Devontae too. So you could see Rodgers and Devontae go there and really kind of blow everything up in the water. Um, and then the final location, I would say, is uh, Jeopardy Host. I don't think, I don't think that's an option. Do you think there's any, you think he, there's a chance he retires? Um, I think there's a slight chance I would Say it's like a twenty percent chance. I would say it's very minimal. So but yes, there there is a chance. I think he could retire. Uh, I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. 
that might be an unpopular opinion, but I think that is where he has the best shot at winning a ring. Green Bay was the best team in the league this year from a record standpoint. I I'm I think I jinxed it last week. I said they were gonna win the Super Bowl. But I I think that's the best shot at winning a Super Bowl is staying in Green Bay. They have a very good roster. They would have to bring back Adams. I think they'd do that if Rodgers stays. I think he because Adams is a free agent this year, but he could very well get tagged. Um I I there were reports that said that Aaron Rodgers' relationship with Green Bay was improved after this season. And that gives me optimism that if he was able to come back after last year, that he could definitely come back this year. I don't think it's long gone, like Jason said. I think things are improving. Um, I have optimism that he stays. I hope he stays. I like when people stay with the team that uh, that drafted them. So I, I hope Rodgers stays. I think it's a very good situation for him, everyone on Green Bay. I understand what people are saying, like, if you should go to Denver or Pittsburgh, because both those teams need new quarterbacks, and Rodgers uh, has made himself seem available. So he would be the best option for those teams. And I know people get excited thinking about uh, all the weapons in Denver or Pittsburgh if Rodgers were to go there or some other, like, really good quarterback. But I think he stays at the end of the day. That's interesting because we kind of all have different uh, different views on that. Humsy, you think he's staying? I think he's leaving. Nick, you kind of think he's leaving, but you also think there's a chance he retires. I don't think there's any chance he retires, but, I mean, if you think he's going to be a Jeopardy host, then, I mean, so be it. Maybe he is. Um, I'd love to hear you guys' comments, though, uh, your guys' opinions in the comments, I should say. Um, so go ahead and leave a comment. If you guys think, personally, I think it's um, Pittsburgh because of um, – the defense and I think that he he's waiting for a defense like that so that he can like make a run for that championship um and he's also got more weapons over there than just Devontae Adams um and who knows Devontae Adams can walk with him uh, if he does walk somewhere so the two of them can go somewhere together but um I mean do you guys have any last thoughts or I don't I have one last thought and this is the Hamza thinking that he's going to stay. And um, by the way, he's up for contract. Jair's up for contract. Preston Williams or Preston Smith is up for contract. Zaire Williams is up. Or no, Zaire, Zerdavius Smith is up for contract too. Adrian Amos is up for contract. Campbell's up for contract. So a majority of their team is up for contract. And I just don't think they have enough cap to sign all of them. And I think they're going to take a serious downgrade in their team next year. So I just don't see a chance of them winning. And same with uh, the Douglas guy that they just signed. He's going to get paid somewhere else too. I just don't think that defense is going to be anywhere where it needs to be for Rodgers to win a Super Bowl next year. And kind of going off that, before you answer, Hamza, um, I saw the other day that Green Bay is actually $44 million over the salary cap right now. And Rodgers gets his salary cap is $48 million or $46 million. So 
I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you still think he's staying knowing all that stuff, like knowing all those people that are up for contract, knowing the cap situation that Green Bay's in? Do you think, do you still think he's staying? I think Green Bay is going to be, they're going to, they're in a position where they are going to do literally anything and everything they can to make him stay. So I do think you, I do think that's where he'll end up staying at the end of the day. Um, but, but yeah, I just give me a smile. Yeah. All, All right. right, we'll go ahead and uh, go should, off to our playoff that, predictions real quick. Out. Should I restart right. that? <laughs> should I restart that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. What would I start off with? Uh, I asked you if you think he was going to stay in Green Bay knowing all that stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I do think he's going to stay in Green Bay just because I think the Packers are in a situation where they – kind of have to do anything and everything they can to keep them there. Uh, I, like I said, the relation there's a report out there that said the relations were improving, and I don't think something like that would come out unless there was still a chance that he'd stay. Um, I mean, he, he that is like home for him. He's been there his whole career. So, yeah, I do think he'll stay. Even if the roster takes a big hit, like Nick said, I think Green Bay will find a way to make it happen. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts to add before we go off to our playoff predictions or? No. no. All right. We'll go ahead and switch to our playoff predictions. Um, so just a quick recap on where we're at. Um, so the first round of the playoffs was each game was worth one points. Second round was worth two points and so, so on and so forth. This round is going to be worth four points. Um, so currently the standings are I'm in first place. I'm 10 for 14, which is a 71.4%. Uh, Humza is in second at seven for 14 at 50 percent and then Nick's in last place at six for 14 which is 42.8 percent um, so with only three games left there's still a lot of room um, for everything to be made up because I'm leading it and Nick's in last and there's only a four gap four point gap between us um, so and these games are worth four points so we can it can all be made up now, and then the last game is worth eight points. So everything will be down to the wire. So, Nick, do you want to go ahead and start with your playoff predictions? Yeah, uh, I I will. Um, starting with the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think the Bengals had the upper hand last time in the last game. It was very impressive what Joe Burrow did and Jamar Chase. But I just don't see them doing that again. And I'm going to have to take the Chiefs really hot hand right now. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. What do you, what about you, J-Sauce? Um, so, yeah, I have the Chiefs as well. I think that it's going to be the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl, not to give anything away. But I've said that um, since last round as well. Um, I think that the Chiefs are just super overpowered, and I think that they showed it uh, against the the Bills. I think that that was – I knew that that was going to be the game of the year. I was telling it to my dad. I was telling it to everyone else. Um, I knew that that was going to be a great game. But, yeah, Kansas City, they showed that they can, uh, like, uh, be – like, can improvise, um, and they can also just come in with a game plan and just 
we saw them in their first drive. They went down and made it look so easy. They looked very efficient throughout the entire game. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is really coming into, like, we saw, we know the talent that he has. Um, like, there was that one throw that he made to Tyree Kill that was just absurd. But we also, like, we know he's got the talent, but now he's showing that he can be a great NFL quarterback because he's, their first drive, it took 10 minutes and each, each team had one drive and the quarter was over. So, and it was 7-0 to the Chiefs after one quarter and they only had one drive each. So it just, I mean, if the Chiefs keep playing like that, I think that there's no way that they um, lose. I know that the Bengals and Chiefs last time that they played, it was a very good game. Both quarterbacks had 300 yards at halftime, <laughs> hoping for some of the same thing because it would make for a great weekend again. But uh, yeah, I got the Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead. Give me the Chiefs. I agree. I'm going to go with the Chiefs too. I think, I think after after Green Bay lost, I feel like whoever came out on top between that Buffalo and Chiefs game would end up being the favorite for uh, like to win the Super Bowl. So I I do think Chiefs will come out on top. I I'd like to see this be a close game because like as we mentioned earlier, I own like basically the entire Bengals offense. So I'd like to see them absolutely kill it. I don't anticipate that'll happen, though. Um, I know people are optimistic uh, with Joe Shiesty at quarterback, but I, I really don't see that happening. I see the Chiefs coming up on top. They, they're just really overpowered, like Jason said, on offense. Their defense has really stepped up the past few weeks. I know they gave up a lot of points last week, and they looked pretty not – they didn't look that great in the fourth quarter against the Bills, but they have really stepped up from what they were in, like, the first month of the season, and I anticipate that to uh, happen. That, again, like, I think Jason referred to it earlier. They're, they're, they're playing an arrowhead, so it's a massive advantage. So, yeah, give me the Chiefs. I do also want to point out before we move to, we, before we move to the next game that um, Tyron Matthew is the heart and soul of that defense, and he went out with a concussion in the first quarter. So I do think that that is a main reason why they gave up a lot of points to the Bills. I mean, give credit to Josh Allen. He did great, but I, I think that that is a big part. So if he can come back, if he can clear concussion protocol um, and come back in time for the Bengals game, then I think that that's a big, big game changer. But I also really think that Chris Jones helped. He took it on himself to make that defensive line a lot better in that fourth quarter. Um, you can see it on the sidelines everywhere. Just go ahead and search it up on YouTube. It's everywhere. Um, he really changed that defensive line and made them a lot, lot better. It made them, got them motivation, um, and you saw it on the field, so. All right, we'll go ahead and switch over to the NFC. So, Nick, do you want to start with the NFC, the 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams? I'm going to go against everyone here. I'm going to take the 49ers. they kind of been the underdog the entire playoffs, and I'm going to ride with the underdog because – I really love Debo. It's it's kind of be it's going to be the one versus the two in the fantasy year with Cup versus Debo. It's going to be it's going to be a show to watch. Um, but I just I like the 49ers offense a little bit better because Jimmy Garoppolo has actually been playing. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just a playoff quarterback. I don't think he's a regular season guy. He seems to only show up in the playoffs. And the 49ers defense in my opinion, has been playing really, really good. 
I think it's been playing better than the Rams defense in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, I think it'll be a close game, really close game, actually. But I think the 49ers are going to stick it out. Um, I can go next. I think I, I, I'm going to have to disagree. I think the Rams will come out on top. I do agree, though, that this will be a close game. I know the in the two meetings that they had this year, the Niners actually did win both of them. But I do think with um, the new faces that came in middle of the season with like Von Miller, Odell Beckham, I think they're really hitting stride and they're really gelling now. And they seem really dangerous as like as a whole unit. So the Rams are going to be my pick, but I could see I could I don't blame you, Nick, for picking the Niners. This is a tough game to choose between. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of got a different side from both of you guys. I think that the Rams are winning, but I think that they're going to win very comfortably. Um, and I know that may be shocking because of what Hamza said on how the Niners won both games. I really hope that the Niners win because I'd love to see them in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that they're really fun to watch. But the Los Angeles Rams, I think, are um, very talented. I think Debo is going to be all – or not Debo um, – Jalen Ramsey is going to be all over Debo all game long, um, shadowing him, running with him, playing man-to-man, even when Debo goes into the backfield. Um, I think that it's going to be the Rams to run away with, with um, Matthew Stafford playing very well, with Cam Akers looking very rejuvenated, like he never had an injury. Um, I think that the Rams have this. Um, I think they have it locked up. I think, especially with it in SoFi Stadium, I mean, I know it's not a, a big travel for the 49ers fans to go down there. But I think that the Rams, I think that they just have a much better team. I think that they, um, all that. I know Fred Warner and Nick Bosa played really well on the defensive side. I just don't think that that defense is going to be able to slow down this offense. Um, Whereas I think that the Los Angeles Rams defense will be able to uh, slow down, if not shut down the San Francisco 49ers offense. And I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very comfortable win for the Rams. So. I'm gonna have to disagree with that, but we'll keep. We'll we'll see when the game actually happens, huh, boys? Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, you want to finish this out real real quick? Sure, I would love to, Mister Last Place. Um, all right, so I'd love to close it out. All right, thank you for listening to the Dynasty FFT podcast. Um, please check out all of our other streaming platforms. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, all at Dynasty FFT. Please go comment on our YouTube page um, on what we can improve on, what you guys want, what topics you guys want to see. We'll go ahead and cover those. If you guys have any trades you guys recently made in your Dynasty Leagues as well, please let us know those as well. Uh, we'll, go, we'll cover those. We'd love to cover different trades like that. Um, and then check us out on our other uh, social media platforms as well, which are Instagram and Twitter. Um, at Dynasty FFT as well. So go check us out on all that. Uh, come back next week. We'll have a new, great new podcast for you next week. Have a great week. All right, bye-bye.